With the world becoming increasingly unpredictable when it comes to your family's health, proactivity is key. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit contains eight essential medications like ivermectin, amoxicillin, and z Rest easy knowing that their chief medical team, including Dr. Peter McCullough, stand behind every kit. Visit twc.health slash Prager. Use the promo code Prager for an exclusive 10% discount. Don't take chances. Secure your family's health today with The Wellness Company. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. He's making a list and he's checking it twice. He's gonna know who's been naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. You hear me? Well, listen. Hello, everybody. He I'm Dennis Prager. What is today's date? December what? December 14th, 2023. Wow. Tough to believe. A very interesting thing has happened in the United States of America. Finally, a serious percentage of Americans have contempt for our universities. Finally. I have had it virtually all of my life. These are the places that create the the moral and emotional and psychological chaos that now dominates. What was the George Univer- Washington University Medical School thing that I that I mentioned yesterday? What was it again? Yeah, pro Hamas. Oh, they came out for Hamas. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, uh, the. The real poison is Alan Dershowitz, who is one of the few courageous liberals in the country. There are many sweet liberals, very few courageous liberals. If you're a courageous liberal, you lose your friends. That's one of the reasons very few liberals, and I'm not talking about leftists. Alan Dershowitz has lost all his friends. He has said that to me on the air and in private, or at least in I wouldn't say private, but in, in gatherings of, of individuals rather than on the radio to many people. A courageous liberal has no friends, or that's not true, has conservative friends. He, uh, he has called for the end of DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. Let me offer you an explanation of the rampant DEI on campuses in the United States. It is a a lucrative income for those who have no other talent. The, the, The mediocre get serious salaries for being DEI administrators on campus. 
Most of them do not have the knowledge to teach on a campus. Most of them have no other skill. So they basically do nothing, and what they do is harmful. I wish they did nothing. That would be a, a step in the right direction. DEI administrators. How did our universities function without DEI administrators for the centuries that we've had universities? Were they inferior to today's universities? I guess in the eyes of the left they were. I am so sad to be vindicated all these years saying to you, if you send your child to college, you are playing Russian roulette with his or her values. It is his or her, not there. It's a, it's a strange position to be in, to be somewhat lonely in saying something. Lonely is not the right word. I never feel lonely. Being somewhat alone in saying something and then seeing it embraced by more people, like when I came out against lockdowns and was quite severely criticized for doing so. The experts say we should keep children out of school for up to two years. The experts say we should shut down businesses. It was a nightmare, the shutdowns, a nightmare. I had a friend on here at the uh, L.A. home studio of my radio show. I had a friend who is a, a chef to, in his lifetime, he has been a chef to some of the biggest names in Hollywood. He, he's extremely talented as a chef. And uh, he his great dream, though, was to to open up his own pizza restaurant with a special wood grill and it was a dream come true. He opened it up and then as a result of the lockdowns he was put out of business. I had him on my program. He has moved since to South Carolina. The number of people whose businesses were shattered and the number of big businesses that made out like bandits I had a professor on a professor of law at Columbia University from yesterday, Philip Hamburger. He, he does the video this week for Prager University. And his video is about the, it is about, what is it, not the conflation, what, the, the, merger. the merger, thank you, of big business and big government. You saw it during the lockdowns. The The big stores were allowed to stay open. The little guy, who is among the most independent-minded people in America, the small business owner, uh, they, they were just uh, hurt, damaged, shut down in in massive number of cases. So, anyway... The vindication of school. So I'm curious, if you have a college age or high school age, really, high school age child or younger, what are you going to do about college? What are you doing about regular school now? 
The schools have been corrupted. The American educational system is a farce. It's not just that they don't learn what is important. They do learn what is untrue. I read to you yesterday, did I not read that uh, story of the student who, yes, on on a quiz, said that men do not give birth? And he was... uh, he, he was marked incorrect by the teacher. The, the teacher said it is not correct that men do not give birth. <laughs> all, all of this has, it has had a deep effect on me, as probably on you. For me, it, it reconfirms the validity of of the Judeo-Christian or biblical worldview. People who believe in the Bible don't say men give birth. That alone should have you take the Bible seriously. Literally, that alone. Only irreligious people or people who don't believe that any part of the Bible or significant parts of the Bible are divine Only they say men give birth. There are left-wing pastors, rabbis, and priests who will say men give birth, but uh, among those who adhere to the traditional outlook of their religion, none of them say that. 1-8 one eight Prager seven seven six eight seven seven two four three triple seven six. There was a TikTok, uh, uh, interestingly, that was sent to me by a rabbi, and it is of the rabbi at Harvard, Chabad rabbi at Harvard. Chabad is international Orthodox Jewish movement and they have houses all over the world that they're called Chabad houses and they have them on many campuses so he had had a public menorah lighting this is the seventh day of Hanukkah it's an eight-day holiday and he had a, a public candle lighting I believe it was uh, two days ago attended uh, by the president of Harvard about as unimpressive a lady as you can imagine, and just just unimpressive. And there, there's who was it? Was it Alan Dershowitz who said it was DEI? She's a DEI appointee, diversity, equity, inclusion appointee at Harvard. At Harvard. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they uh, he, uh, this blew my mind. He announced that Harvard expected him to take the menorah down after the lighting. He can't keep it up for the for the rest of the days of Hanukkah. I'll try to play it on the air. One eight Prager seven seven six. There's something to be said for being at the right place at the right time. Those words couldn't resonate more than when talking about buying gold. This is Dennis Prager for Amfed Coin and Bullion. It is my choice for precious metals. When you're buying a house, is your preference to buy when the mortgage rates are low or high? Would you prefer to buy gold when the price is low or high? Curiously, most customers wait to buy gold and then purchase when it's a panic buy with soaring prices. 
Mick Rovich, AmFed's owner, had a client recently tell him, I'd rather buy gold 10 months too early versus 10 months too late. Don't wait and panic. Timing is everything. Call Nick and his team at AmFed Coin and Bullion. Nick's been in the industry over 42 years, and he's proud of providing transparency and fair pricing to build long-term relationships. If you're interested in buying or selling, call AmFed Coin and Bullion for a free coin performance review. 800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. Make my Christmas bright. I just need my baby's arms. The world in which we live on this end of the year of 2023. the moral chaos of the universities and, of course, the high schools and the elementary schools. Sean, would you get the uh, video? Even though we played it yesterday, I do want people to hear it again, the one that's here from Glencoe, Illinois. Tell me me when you have that queued up. So does the thumb going in a a vertical direction mean you have it up? Please play it. This is from, hold on, let me explain. This is an elementary school teacher in Illinois, Glencoe District. So that, that's the Chicago area, correct? Northern correct? suburbs. Northern suburb. Okay, go ahead. Teachers, make your classroom LGBTQ plus inclusive from the very first day. This is tip number eight. So go back in my profile for other tips. I talked about assessing your language in another tip, but this one's all about like classroom practice. Are you lining up your students into boy and girl lines? And remember, when you do that, if a kid doesn't particularly identify strongly with either of those, it makes them have to kind of choose something that isn't true to them. So find other ways to line up or group your kids. It could be by their student numbers. It could be by their birthday months. Get creative, have fun with it, and you don't need to always center gender in your classroom. Mm-hmm. Well. Wow. I don't normally play a clip a, a second time. It's worth playing every day. This is what you're getting. Is that a teacher? Yeah. Hmm. Elementary school teacher. Elementary school teacher. Well, that's remarkable because, uh, what is it? I think 80 to 90% of elementary school teachers are female. Well, he might identify. We don't know. I'm not saying this as a, as a hit on the guy. You just don't know. Do you realize that you don't want 10-year-olds to line up as boys and girls? The, one of the fundamental differences that nature, and if you believe God, makes among human beings, there are very few other fundamental differences among human beings. Male and female, he created them. Call me up if you, if you're, two things. If you you sent your kid to college and the kid was a good kid and didn't come back a good kid. Okay? I know every parent, they, oh, well, deep down my kid's a good kid. Okay, so we're not talking deep down. We're talking what transformation, if any, took place when your kid went to college. And if your kid is now in elementary school or high school, do you monitor whether you have a fool like the teacher I just played for you? 
do you monitor? Do you do you tune out? By the way, I get it if you tune out. Tuning out is is one of life's best ways of avoiding pain. But the problem is, it's like if you tune out, if you have cancer, if the cancer grows. You can't tune out of cancer. There's moral and intellectual cancer in our schools. You just heard an example. All right, boys on this side, girls on this side. Can't do that. There might be a student who doesn't identify with one of those two. Notice he didn't say sexes or genders. That was very, uh, I picked up on that, and it's important. Because he doesn't know which to use, and, and so he just, he tuned out, as it were. Yep, what, what is happening, or what has happened to your child? This is what I am interested in. I speak to more people than most people. The, I don't mean give lectures to. I should say with. I speak with, both on the radio and in events. I have very many events. I speak at many events a year, and most of the time, I get to speak to people at the dinner. I get to speak to people uh, at the reception, what is called VIP reception, where people pay extra to uh, mingle with one another and with me and get usually some photos with me. And I I asked them, yesterday I, I, I made some calls to donors to PragerU, some of the most wonderful human beings, not just because they give donations to PragerU. They're just wonderful human beings, period. And I, I, I'm I, very open with them, and I ask, so, you know, how did, your, how did your kids turn out in terms of sharing your values? And I, I know some people who, if you met, you, you would say, wow, that is one terrific human being. And their kid or even grandkid has been warped by by the educational system. Oh, how those people pr- wished. There was, was somebody who told me that, uh, I don't know, some, I think their daughter went to Harvard. And the father laments, you know, oh God, I wish I had never, she had never been accepted to Harvard. But it, it's so, it's such a great example of false gold. What is it? All that glitters isn't gold. It's a great old saying. Harvard glitters, but by golly, it isn't gold. And so people are are fooled. Uh, I got to get my kid kid into college, or I got to get my kid into a good college. What is good? You know what good means? Good means prestigious. You have no idea if the college is good. Hillsdale, I don't know how prestigious Hillsdale is, but it sure is good. So, I'm very curious to hear from you. What has happened to your kid at school? Elementary, high school, college. We return momentarily. 
The Dennis Prager Show. This Christmas, the new film from director George Clooney arrives. It's a rags-to-riches, absolute crowd-pleaser based on the number one New York Times best-selling book, The Boys in the Boat. The inspirational true story about one of the most difficult sports in the world and the 1936 University of Washington College rowing team that competed for gold in the summer games in Berlin will inspire you. This team rowed out of need, need to eat, need to sleep, and it gave them an edge that captures the power of working together to overcome all odds while rowing for America. They don't make movies like this anymore, and it's filled with wholesome content that makes it the ideal multi-generational movie for the holidays. Joel Edgerton and Callum Turner star in this exciting and incredible story of courage, hard work, and determination showcasing America at its best. Believe in each other, believe in the impossible. The Boys in the Boat opens Christmas Day in theaters only. Get tickets now, boysintheboatmovie.com. Well, way up north where the air gets cold, there's a tale about Christmas that you Beach Boys are unique. And a real famous cat. What are you doing with your children vis-a-vis education? That's the question on the table. I played for you this destructive fool who was a teacher. Teachers, oh, have fun. Don't, you know, pick your kids by any criterion, but not boys and girls. There might be a 10-year-old, even say 10-year-old, but it, it applies to 10-year-olds, who doesn't identify as either. If you have a 10-year-old who doesn't identify as a boy or a girl, you have a very troubled 10-year-old. I would take that kid out of school tomorrow, no, 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 today. To your calls, let's see. Uh, Beverly Thrills, California. Candace, hello. Hello, Miss. Uh-oh, did I lose you? Hi, Mr. No, no you... I'm right here. Good morning, Mr. Prager. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. So I'm going to see you today. I'm lucky enough because uh, I pulled my kid out of public school when my kid was barely five years old. He was four years old. He was at PK in the Beverly Hills public school system. And his teacher told them that a girl can marry a girl and a boy can marry a boy. And I, I complained to the teacher and I complained to the principal and they flipped it on me and they said, well, this is what the law is and it's, it's the truth and you're hiding the truth from your child. And I realized at that point I need to pull my kid out and take them to, you know, more religious school, places where they have values, they value the traditional family. And I did it and I actually called you to consult with you and I'm so, so happy I did. I'll never, ever look back. How old was your kid? Five, four? He he wasn't even five at the time. He was it was and PK. and and the the so called teacher said, "I want you to know that boys can marry boys and girls can marry girls." So there were a group of kids playing, and then I guess like it was just playtime, and the kids, were like, "I want to marry you, I want to marry you," and then one of the kids said, "No, a girl can't marry a girl," and the teacher said, "Well, actually, that's not true. A girl can marry a girl, and a boy can marry a girl." Oh, I see the context now. Uh huh. Yeah. So the teacher's argument was, you can't hide the truth. 
she called me so, dishonest. She's like, you're hiding the truth oh, from your child. I, I'm sure it was a she, right. So the... It was a she. Right. So it's an... Okay. Uh, by the way, did you say you'll be seeing me later today? I literally I organized it and we're very excited at our school. Good. Yeah, yeah. I'm speaking today at, uh, at the Jewish school in Beverly Hills. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. I look forward to that. So the teacher argued, well, you can't hide the truth from them. This notion you can't hide the truth on such matters from uh, from children, from five-year-olds? Do you tell five-year-olds how babies come? Do you explain the mechanics of intercourse to to a five-year-old? Hmm. Well, it's, uh, it's a very, very real problem. Our schools, what are you doing about it is the question. Chicago and Maria. Hello, Maria. Hi, Dennis. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you for calling. Thank you. So I have an eight-year-old daughter and a nine-year-old son. Um, I'm in a situation where my daughter, we are sending her to a religious private school um, due to things that we're seeing in the area. I actually do know that Glencoe School District uh, that that you had on previously, it's actually a very affluent North Shore area of Chicago, so it doesn't surprise me. (laughs) Um, But the situation is harder with my son. Um, He's autistic, so he needs a lot of services and support services. So right now we did move to a suburban area out of Chicago where their special education department is very good, and we are having to utilize public education because Private services for everything that he needs is just, it's unaffordable. So Yeah, well, you have a special case, obviously, with regard to, to an autistic child. I, I, I infer you got a good school. Thank God. Back in a moment. Dressed in holiday style In the air There's a feeling of Christmas 120 Life is a new product that I'd like to bring to your attention, an all-natural hypertension treatment. A man in Chicago suffers from high blood pressure. That created 120 Life, a juice, drink, and powdered mix that helps lower your blood pressure naturally. I'm using it. My numbers are dropping. It's made of pomegranates, tart cherries, cranberries, hibiscus, beetroot and magnesium. It helps lower blood pressure without any side effects of pills and medication. So here's the simple deal. You try it and after two weeks, if the blood your blood pressure numbers aren't lower, just, just ask for your money back. It can't get more uh, honest than that. It doesn't do you feel better. It's an objective fact. Have your numbers lowered. Go to 120life.com, 120life.com. Coupon code Dennis saves you 15%. 
What are you doing with your children now that you know how rotten most schools are? That's the question that I am uh, asking. With uh, elementary, high school, college, and uh, let's go to Ludington, Minnesota. Glenn, hello. Yes, hi, Dennis. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Um, so, a real quick uh, uh, synopsis of this whole thing is, so I homeschooled, my wife and I homeschooled our children from very small on. Uh, very conservative family, uh, exposed them to everything, uh, you know, music, guitar, gymnastics, glass blowing, woodworking, horseback riding, you know, very good homeschooling thing. Uh, both of my daughters extremely smart, probably the dumbest thing we ever did. They both started college at oh, 15, 16 years old. My oldest had... 67 college credits before she even entered college. She got it, then she went off to the university and she got a degree in biology. She got a degree in religion and she got a minor in women's studies. She's a devout atheist who can't tell me what a woman is, non binary, and it is, it's just, it's unbelievable. The changes after she came out of college was. And it, and, it, and it just, every time she'd come home, she was more angry, more upset. Anything I said was just terrible. And basically, it's ending, it's ending our family. Um, I'm losing a marriage of 30 years. I'm being canceled because I'm just, you know, I'm the... Why are you, I'm, your wife, the, your, your wife agrees with your daughter? Yep. My, I, we had a discussion one time, and I was very, you know, I'm very adamant about, honey, if she decides to do this hormone replacement thing, this non-binary stuff, if she was anorexic or bulimic or had some other body, you know, mis- mind mix-up, we'd have her into a doctor tomorrow. But because it's bad, I was like, honey, I'm not, I won't go with, I'm not going through with this. This is not possible. And she and I and she I go. What would you do if she did that? She goes. I, I would tell her I loved her and always wanted a son. Oh my God! And I, I my, I, my I heart can't. breaks for you. My uh, truly. Yeah, I, I always a wanted a son. Thirty years. Thirty yep. years. What does your yep. other daughter think? Um, my other daughter, uh, we, she, her and I talk more than, than the other. Um, she never said she, she always said she liked boys and never thought she was a girl. She went to school and got her associates and then just started working. And she's far more better adjusted. Uh, I often, I've said to my wife that, you know, she'll probably be okay. But I think my other daughter is, is lost. You know, she went, and then, then she went out to the East Coast. And, uh, yeah, she's 22 now, and um, I, I, I don't know what to do. What does your, your daughter think about your wife and, sis, and her sister? Um, they get along. Uh, they, you know, when they get together, they just kind of gang up on me and are, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's just he's so bad and he's so conservative and, and he's racist and he's homophobic and he's this and he's that. And so they just kind of, you know, they get along with their 
their lives uh, that uh, way. And how was your marriage until the daughter went to college? I would say, you know, good. I mean, we I, n- never in a thousand years would I have ever, ever thought I was going to be in this situation. Never. Mm-hmm. Never been any, never been any, any, you know, yes. uh, infidelity well, and nothing. Right. Well, you've done a service in calling. Wow, the pain out there. The despicable schools, what they have done to families. The sick making the sick. Wow. Oh, it's a painful, it was a painful line. Did you hear that? I uh, saying to the daughter, I always wanted a son. These people, are these people happy? How can you be happy if you have been led to believe, and that's the only way to put it, that you are not a boy or not a girl when you are a boy or you are a girl. You cannot become the other. You can think you are the other. That doesn't make you the other. Oh, Claudia in Los Angeles. Hello. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I feel really bad for the other caller. I just uh, suggest you know find a good church um, and, and stay strong. Myself, uh, I'm a single mom of children of uh, grown up already, a 21 year old and my 18 year old daughter. Um, they both kind of went woke. My son, he's coming along now just a little bit. Um, I don't see my daughter anymore since COVID. Um, I essentially lost contact with her. Her father alienated from her from me. She went and got the vaccines, even though I. I forwarded them, um, you know, reports from the heart of Stay on, stay on. I want to hear your story. Sure. Okay. The Dennis Prager Show. MyPillow is excited to bring you their biggest bedding sale ever, just in time for Christmas. Get the Giza Dream Bed Sheets for as low as $29.98. A set of pillowcases only $9.98. Rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. They also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles. They even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. All of the biggest discounts ever. They're also extending their money-back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2024, making them the perfect gifts for your friends, your family, and everyone you know. So go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 and you'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98 and get all your shopping done now while quantities last. MyPillow.com, promo code Prager. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. That's the kid. Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows Okay, so how how many people can identify what is unacceptable in the lyrics thus far? There's a good one for you. Why don't you start this again? eyes all aglow yeah, they, can you do that, or or is it set in, in in some sort of electronic concrete? Here we go. Listen, everybody. What is wrong with these lyrics? Wonderful song. 
Jack Frost nipping at your nose. That's the kid. Yuletide carols being sung by a choir, and folks dressed up like Eskimos. Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe. All right. Do you know, Sean? What's wrong? Well, are you sure, or is it just some crazy guess? Okay, and so you both caught it. People dressed like Eskimos. It's unacceptable. Eskimo is uh, Eskimo. Mistletoe, you think, is uh, why? Because it separation of church and state. Why? If you go under a mistletoe, you get somebody under a mistletoe. They're supposed to kiss you. That's like such harassment. Oh, my God. oh, I did miss that. People walking under a mistletoe are supposed to kiss. Yeah, well, that's the idea. Well, but it's okay. What if you, if you are, if two non-binaries kiss, it's a non-issue. Yeah, I, I would the, assume. The social pressure. Social pressure, I hear you. Okay, anyway, I just thought I would alert you because I'm very sensitive to these matters. You Do you know why we have all these issues, these microaggressions, where they even admit that they are micro? Not just meaning small, but on a very personal level, because they're not macro. Because people, the empty, need causes. It is one of the rules of life. The empty need a cause to give their empty lives meaning. That's right. Fighting for non-binary children is a cause of the empty. That is what it is. I'm fighting, by the way, for non-binary children. And it's not at all sarcastic that they not be non-binary, that they get tremendous help in making peace with the fact that they're either a boy or a girl. Okay, so I'm continuing. I want want to hear from you, and I want my listeners to hear what you're undergoing. The stories thus far are nightmarish. I'm sorry. I, I feel. I wish I could take that back. I can't. That's the point of live radio. I wish I could take it back because I don't want to depress you further. Those of you who called... Look, I mean, a man has lost his marriage, not just his daughter, but his marriage, because the daughter won't speak to him, because he he doesn't believe that a child, a teenager, should be given hormone blockers, and doesn't believe in any event that you could become the opposite sex. The daughter and, and, the, and the wife has said to the daughter, oh, I've always wanted a boy. That line will stay with me for a long time. Wow. The parent is undoubtedly, uh, I'm, I'm sure, there's no question, she is proud of herself. I have nurtured, I have reached out and showed my child. I know a couple... Many years ago, a couple had their child uh, who was, uh, was acting out, 
and he was sent to a sort of camp for kids who work out in the wilderness. It was called the Wilderness Program, and it was doing well. And the kid wrote home. Uh, he was about, I don't know, 13, 14, no, maybe 15, about 14 or 15. And he writes home because you, could, you, you can't, couldn't speak to the parent, but he wrote home. Parents told me this, or at least the father told me this. The, the mother didn't tell me that. Well, but she must have told him because he knew and said, you know, I think I might be gay. So the mother, which is the, the instinct of the nurturing sex, said, oh, that's fine. You know, whatever you are, that is just fine. And, you know, I just want you to know how much I love you. Now, needless to say, or not needless to say, the father also believed, you know, if my son is really gay, I love him. It's a, that would be a non-issue. But there was never a sign he was, he was interested in girls. And... So the father wrote back to him a a different response. The mother wrote, I love you if you're gay, that's a non-issue, and so on. And the father wrote, are you really gay? And and asked him a a series of questions, which I won't repeat on on the radio, to ascertain, help ascertain. Anyway, my only point of the story is that many mothers' instinct is to nurture Many fathers' instincts is to solve. Solve and nurture are not the same things. The stories are just incredible. You send your kid to school. You, you know, I've said to you a thousand times at least, sending your kid to colleges playing Russian roulette with their values. Now sending your kid to elementary school or high school is, and it's worse. In Russian roulette, the, there is one bullet in the gun. The gun is holding one bullet. So you have a one out of six chance of killing yourself. Today, there are three or four bullets in the gun. So the odds are greater that your child will be hurt by school than be helped. Oh boy. Marie in Winnetka, Illinois. Hello, Marie. Thanks for taking my call, Dennis. Thank you. So I will tell you what's going on. Mm -hmm. My daughter goes to St. Mary's College in Notre Dame, Indiana. And this is all over the news, but they, it was found out that they are going to, and this is an all women's Catholic college. They are going to what? I didn't, I didn't get some, they're going to what in an all women's Catholic college? Okay, they are going to begin admitting trans... Uh Uh-huh, trans women, so men. They will begin admitting men who say that they are women. That is correct. 
And the only way we as parents found out was that the Notre Dame Observer newspaper found out about this and published an article and Fox picked it up right before Thanksgiving. And Wait, you you were not, no parent was notified? That is absolutely correct. And to date, we have still not been notified. The only communications we have seen are copies of emails from our children, from our daughters. Wait, so who got the emails? The the students? The students only. So students students were informed that as of this year or next year, St. Mary's will be admitting men who are, in their terms, transitioning or transitioned. Exactly. And well, there so, has been no other announcement. Right. Okay. Well, so did your, uh, did your daughter tell you this prior to your finding out from Fox? That is correct. Okay. So I found out, and by, by the way, I'm driving there right now. We are pulling her out of that school. Yes, you, which of course you should do because it's no longer an all-girls school. So it, it's misrepresent. It's, it, it, it's false advertising. It's fraud, and it's also dishonest because we weren't even told anything. Right. So we could at least give our daughters the opportunity to right. go somewhere else. So when when does this begin? This coming September or already begun? It will begin. The fall of 2024 and... All right, hold on. Remember the end. I have more questions for you. This is a Catholic college. I, I, I'll tell you my question. What is it? I assume the president is a priest. Back in a moment. Dashing through the snow In a one-horse open sleigh Or the fields we go You know what I should do with all these songs? Ask people, can you identify what is objectionable to the left? (laughs) So we had uh, the Eskimo line. That was unacceptable. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what is unacceptable to the left about this song in general. It's too happy. Yeah. Uh, It's... Oh, good. Okay, I want to hear the woke version of uh, Frosty the Snowman. Now, let's see. who, With whom was I speaking? Maria, correct? Yeah. So yes. you have the, the daughter in, in an all-girls Catholic school. So I already previewed what I was going to ask you. This Catholic, nominally Catholic college, all-girls school, uh, Yes. Is the president of the school a priest? No. So are, are there any priests affiliated, Catholic priests affiliated? Yes, this is part of the Order of the Holy Cross, which is part of the tri-campus of Notre Dame, Holy Cross, and St. Mary's College. And the Board of Trustees, along with the lay president of this school, were the ones that decided to do this and on that board of trustees are approximately four priests, three nuns, a bunch of PhDs, one student, and the current president. 
That's fascinating. And was it a unanimous decision? Do you know? I'm not aware because actually they never communicated the results of this or even that there was a discussion. All right, but they did make the decision. Yes, they did. And they had to send the letter to the students and the faculty because Notre Dame broke the story and they were forced to have to communicate it in that right. way. How, how, you have any idea how old is, is the college? Yes, it's very old. It's founded approximately 1860, something right. like that. So and since 1860, it has been an all-girls Catholic college, correct? That is correct. And now, it's not only that they're admitting boys. That I could actually... if live with if that was their decision fine that's their decision but they are admitting boys who say they're girls and so they 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 have they have not only violated science and truth and their their promise that it's an all-girl school all of those are violations they have violated the 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 book they claimed to get their values from the Bible. And God created the human being male and female. I mean, that th- yeah. there is no third option in the Bible. Well, exactly. And two things, Dennis. There is a bishop at Fort Wayne, Indiana. I believe his last name is Koenig. He put forth a very eloquent uh, rebuttal to what's going on. And it's available in Catholic News today. I can link it over to you. But it does explain this very eloquently. And my thing to them was, please tell me what the housing situation also will be like, because we cannot accommodate non-women there, because it's an all-women's school with all-women's toileting and bathing facilities and such. And before they put a lid on talking to people which was before the story broke, they told me that they will be, these are women, and that they will be put into dorm rooms, dorms, bathrooms, showers with everybody else because we don't want to discriminate. And I said to them, what about my daughter, who didn't anticipate this? And also, they are violating underage indecent exposure laws uh, of the state of Indiana, which they don't seem to care about. Well, no, here is the rule on the left. If a man exposes his genitalia to a woman or women, he's arrested. If a man says he's a woman and exposes the same genitalia, he's protected, and then those who complain are arrested. (laughs) Right? This is the sick world that the left has created because they're so bored and aimless. Wow, 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 wow. Talking to you about your kids and the schools that they attend. What, what is happening here? Andrea in Chicago, hello. Hello, it's a pleasure to meet you. I, uh, have you heard of Moonchildren by Proxy? Yes. 
Okay, well, the t- Epic Times on November 17th did a two-page spread on Transhausen by proxy, in which they talked about all the parents who are kind of pushing their children into this in an intention-seeking, in an effort to seek attention. Fathers buying girl clothing for their sons, etc. I thought it was interesting. They did two whole pages on it. I'm going to look that up. I, I get the physical edition and, and mm-hmm. contribute to Epic Times. They're, they're really yeah. wonderful. Look it up, November 17th. Oh, November 17th. I will indeed. Thank you very much. Fathers buying their sons women's clothing. Oh, my God. Poor boys. Such a loser father. Oh, wow. I'm, this is See, this is the invaluable nature of talk radio. You, you, you're sitting in on the lives of your fellow American, sometimes foreigner. Oh, boy. Okay, let's see. Nanette, Huntington Beach, California. Hello. Hello. Hi. Thank you, Dennis, for taking my call. I feel honored. Thank um, you. I had a child who went to community college for a few years, didn't know where she wanted to go, ended up getting a full ride to UCLA, did her her final years there, but graduated cum laude. But we hardly have a relationship. I don't recognize her. And the lockdown had a lot to do with it. She was, I would not take the vaccine. She wanted nothing to do with me because I would not take the vaccine. Um, And we recently had a talk and I said, you know, Edie, Sorry, I said her name. But, okay. Um, Nobody knows. Go ahead. She, All right, tell yeah. us what you told her in a moment. I'm, I'm very curious. I'm keeping you on. When it comes to your family's health, proactivity is key. With the world becoming increasingly unpredictable, you can't afford to take chances when it comes to your health. Introducing the Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit, the gold standard solution for your peace of mind. Inside, you'll find eight critical medications like ivermectin, amoxicillin, z and more, accompanied by a comprehensive and easy-to-follow guidebook empowering you to take back control of your health. From tick bites to COVID to extreme bioterror events, you're covered at any time. The Wellness Company's chief medical board is made up of none other than Dr. Drew Pinsky, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Harvey Risch, and more truth-telling doctors who are committed to building a parallel healthcare system. This medical emergency kit will be your lifeline. Visit twc.health slash Prager. Use the promo code Prager for an exclusive 10% discount. Secure your family's health today with the Wellness Company's medical emergency kit. We were rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party high. Very hard to interrupt these great songs, but we must move on. This is not an easy show for me to do today, listening to your stories about what's happening to your children or happened in college, sometimes high school or elementary school. So I'm going back to Huntington Beach, California, Nanette. So let's, I'm sorry? I just said hello. Oh, okay. Uh, So hello, Nanette. So again, let's review. Your your daughter went went to what college? UCLA. 
Oh, yeah, she transferred from community college to UCLA. And what did she major in? In art. Well, the truth is I would laugh at almost any anything outside of STEM, science, technology, engineering, math. So what happened? Yeah. She um, changed drastically. And I don't know if most of the change came from her college education and or the lockdown. But during lockdown, she was very angry at me for taking the vaccine and wanted nothing to do with me. And we wait, 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 wait. Very angry at you for not taking the vaccine. For not taking the vaccine. I had no idea she had taken it mm-hmm. and the boosters. But what I what was, I, I'm trying to understand, uh, what was the nature of her argument or reason for being angry at you? I even hate to say this, but at one point she asked me if I felt guilty about my white privilege. And I was stunned. Yeah, my heart goes out to you too. But I, I, I'm not quite. What is the relationship between white privilege and not taking the vaccine? I don't know. It was just. Well, no, I'm very curious because the anger at you for not taking the vaccine doesn't make sense, even if you believe the vaccine worked, which I happen not to believe. But well. But even if you do, what did you do wrong? At worst, you'll die because of your decision. But you're not harming anybody else. Yep, I just told her, I said, you know, Edie, you were sure that I was going to kill you if you saw me because I didn't take the vaccine. And I said, and that wasn't true. Well, wait a minute. But what is the point of the vaccine if she'll get killed by a person who gets COVID? (laughs) No, no, I'm not. I'm not asking this rhetorically what is the answer to that i don't have the answer that's if you get the smallpox vaccine and you're around a person with smallpox you don't get smallpox well she and her boyfriend both took the vaccine they both got covid well of course but they they have an answer to all those it's a mild case that's what they say fine i had a mild case too and never got vaccinated i had such a mild case i broadcast it from my house because I didn't come into work for a week. I I broadcast from my house while having COVID. It was that mild. I think just the fear. I think she had this horrible fear, this of the masses and the media that everyone was going to die, you know, if they didn't take this vaccine. And I said, I'm not going to take it. I forgot. Did you tell me, do you have a husband? We are divorced. And what was his position? He's on the same page as I am. Wow. And I think the, the what, saddest what? thing yeah. is, I don't know what her values are, but you've talked so much about this, is I do not hear the joy in her anymore. That's right. Oh, no. Uh, it's, it's happiness and joy are, are uh, uh, the antithesis of leftism. There, there are happy liberals, yeah. but there are no happy leftists. No. They're angry and, and they're ingrates, and no ingrate can be happy. The essence of leftism is ingratitude to parents, to country, to anything. So that's, that's, yeah, she knows I'm a big patriot, and she just, we're different on that too, yeah. Totally, totally ungrateful for the things that she has. Right. 
in her life and, and right. been available. Well, it's white privilege. Yeah. Well, no, I'm the one with the right privilege. Oh, she, wait, like, wait. Your daughter isn't white? She is. So why doesn't she have white privilege? I could not ask her that question. I was so taken back when she. So, so she's alienated from both parents. No, we still we still talk, but the last time I hosted Thanksgiving was in 2019. She doesn't come. And she doesn't. No, she she will not come to my home anymore. And her reasoning. Excuse for everything. I'm too busy. I'm doing this. Well, for whatever it's worth, I embrace you. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring, ting, tingling, too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Outside this snow is. Hello, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. And I have a, so I reveal immediately, I have a J6 guest, which is really unbelievable. There's no other date of all the breakdowns of public uh, institutions. They don't have a date for those all those people. Didn't, didn't Hamas just take over congressional offices or something, the pro-Hamas people? Anyway, I have a remarkable uh, man uh, in studio. He's, his name is not a household name yet, partially because people wouldn't know what to do with it, <laughs> to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Siaka Masakwa. Now, had I told Sean, uh, you know, uh, Siaka Masakwa is coming on today, he would have assumed there was another name I had made up. I do this to him a great deal, and he never really knows which is genuine and which is not. i got to ask you about your name. I'm yeah. very serious. Yeah, please. He's an actor and political activist. He was just arrested, which is why I've invited him on, for being in the Capitol on January 6th. And uh, Siaka is a, a wonderful man. Is he and his wife are expecting their first child in a couple of months? And he, he uh, if if you meet him, you'll understand that this is this is the type of person who gives the country hope. Mm-hmm. So Siaka, welcome to the show. And uh, first, tell us about your name. Is that is that your your parents came? Uh, or when did when did your ancestors come to the United States? Um, well, first off, thank you for having me on, sure. Dennis, and uh, thank you for that kind statement about um, the hope of this country. I just I just hope to be doing the right thing that what's right. Um, but yeah, no, I'm first generation. So my mom and dad were born in Liberia, West Africa. Okay, where that, named yes, from. right, right, and uh, I'm actually named after the founder of the country, King Siaka Massaqua. And so, and my Masqua side of the family, oh, my bracelet, sorry. Masqua side of the family, every year or every generation, you have to name at least one kid Siaka to pass on that name. And I got the luck of the draw this time around for my generation. But your, but your last name coincides. Yes, yeah, yeah. That, that's a coincidence. Yeah. Well, no, that was actually, that's all part of it because we are, I, I am descendant from King Siaka Masqua. Oh, you are? Oh, yeah. So we have to pass that name down to keep it going. Have you ever been to Liberia? Yes, I have, actually. Um, in, in 2017, I was fortunate enough to be hired to shoot a, the first 
major movie ever produced in Liberia about the history of the country. And I got to play an indigenous person. So in a sense, I could have been playing, I could have been playing my ancestor. Um, it was a fictional account of the settlers because the history of Liberia, uh, James Monroe did a back to Africa, uh, uh, you know, plan. And so a lot of former slaves went back there to, uh, you know, colonize. Which is why their flag is essentially the U.S. flag. Exactly. Exactly. And so um, in that time when they went back there, they did have, of course, you know, you have your issues with the indigenous population that's already there, which included my, you know, my people. Um, and so we did a movie on that. And here's the cool thing. When I was driving after I landed and I'm driving to the area to go and we're teaching a class. And as I'm driving there, my mom calls me and I was like, Oh, Hey, I'm here. We landed. Everything's fine. She said, Hey, you know that in that scene where you're in the church, she's like, that's your grandfather's church. That was the church that he used to preach. Wow. The church is called Providence church. The movie is called Providence Island. And so Providence church was the church. My grandfather uh, preached in, and so that was like my major scene in the movie as well. Huh. An emotional scene and everything. I'm sitting there. And when I first walked in after, this was like a week after my mom told me this when I'm first getting there. I'm like, wow. I sit there on one of the pews. I look up to my right and on the wall, I have a list of all the pastors that have been part of the church. I see my grandfather right there. And so that was my first time as an adult because we were there when I was really like a baby and moved in 1983 uh, after the coup happened. And this this was my first time as an adult being in Liberia and to come back to it in this Do way. Do Liberians detect that you're American? Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because of what? Your accent? Yeah. So I, when we first got there, I did, uh, there was supposed to be like a, a workshop that we're doing for the people who want to come and learn acting, learn camera work, all this. So I go on stage and we're doing the acting portion and I'm I'm like I'm going to be as clear and concise as possible. I know there is a difference, but I'm going to enunciate every word. Is that how they do it? No. So <laughs> I I do a whole section we go improv and everything. I'm sweating, right? So I leave the stage and then the other actor, the other lead in the movie, he goes on stage and he's from Liberia and Ghana. So he gets up there, he goes he goes, "Siaga, you did, you did a great job, but let me tell you, no one understood a word you just said. And everyone starts <laughs> everyone starts laughing in the whole place. And I'm standing in the back, like, sweating still, because I put all my energy in. I'm standing in the back, like, oh, oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> so, you know. Well, so you was, enunciated everyone everywhere. clearly and they didn't, because of your American accent. Exactly. So, so ha- had you not enunciated, it would have been equally, it would have been, it, it, an equal failure. I th- or they would have at least understood a little more of what I was saying uh-huh. if I just kind of let it just drag a little bit, you know. So it was, uh, it was definitely a funny moment where I realized, yeah, there is English over there is a little So difference. the reason I asked, you will get a kick out of this. No. I don't know if I've ever told this story on the air. My first time in Africa, and I've been to 20 African countries. I've been there mm. a lot. And my first time, I was in uh, Kenya. Mm. And I was walking, I, I was in my 20s, and I was walking a lot. I wasn't traveling with anyone. And I was the only white person on the street. I was just doing basically window shopping. And, and you stand out because you're like seven foot. Well, yeah, so. that's right. Yes. Yeah. To, to say that I'm not spy material <laughs> is to understate the case. Yes. I don't blend in. No. Certainly like, not in Kenya. Right. You sure you're African? No. Yeah, yes, exactly. Right. So th- this will fascinate you. So, like, I would say 30 feet in front of me is a mother and daughter. Mm. And the daughter 
is pointing, and I hear her say, look, Mom, an American. And I think, wow, that's interesting. And and But for whatever reason, when I responded, like with a wave, nothing happened. <laughs> and so I looked behind me, and it was a black person. Whoa. The, the girl was pointing out a black American. Yeah. Not me. Wow. You know, it's interesting you say that because... Because I, I can see you coming off as more European. Yeah. And my uncle, when we, I was back there in 2017, he did say, he goes, you stand out also because of just how your skin is. Like just how, because unfortunately at the time, you know, in, in a third world developing country, there's not, there's a lot of dirt. You, people so so a black American would stand yeah. out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, obviously did. No. I was fascinated. Wow. There was a fascinating moment in my life. And you're just like, oh, the, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm waving to the air. Exactly. <laughs> Going that, oh, my hair. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Which, yeah. which I still have. That's yes. good for you because I'm struggling over here. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the only reason right. why I go yeah. down this low. <laughs> <laughs> well, on uh, a less happy moments, uh, no. what happened to you at what airport recently? Well, so we were, my wife and I were uh, flying back from uh, Nashville, Tennessee, from the premiere of Lady Ballers with Daily Wire. Uh, check it out now on streaming. It's amazing. Um, and I love those guys, by the way. They came in support They're terrific. Heart. They're yeah. terrific. And, and so we're flying back. We're flying back to Burbank Airport. And if many don't know what how Burbank works, usually you get off at the tarmac. You don't walk through that little tunnel to, to, the, um, to the gate. And as we were getting off, I was there with my wife, Charlotte, and we had a friend of ours, Amber, uh, who was also in the movie. We get off, and by the time they get off first, and by the time I'm getting off, I have all of a sudden there's four FBI agents. There's four pol- pol- uh, airport police there. The female FBI agent walks in front of me and says, Siak Masco with the FBI, we need you to come with us. And I go, what? Two guys, whoop on either side of me grab my arms and say come on we're, we're you're under we're, we're you know taking you under arrest i'm, I'm like whoa, whoa, whoa what am i getting arrested for i said you know what you get this was in for. front of your wife this is in front of my wife and every everyone who was getting off the plane and uh you know they they said one guy's like you know what it's for i go no tell me what am i being arrested for I stop. He goes, "Come on, let's just go over here. We don't want to embarrass you. It, it's too you late. don't want to embarrass you." Yeah, I'm like, they just arrested late. you in the middle of the airport. <laughs> in the middle of the airport on the tarmac, which I think is just to me, someone getting arrested on a tarmac is in the movie when they're the drug runner coming back. You know, Wait, uh, forgive me. How did you end up on the tarmac? Well, at Burbank for Southwest. Oh, you get okay, off. of course. Yeah. Yes, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. So you get off right onto the tarmac. Oh, there. my God. Yeah. The worst possible circumstance. Exactly. All right, hold on. Yeah. I, I want to just uh, remind everybody. Siaka Masakwa is an actor, political activist, obviously conservative. You were in the Capitol, what, 71 seconds? 71 seconds. Right. Yeah. And, and now, years later, is arrested on the tarmac at Burbank Airport. All right. And they- All right, we're going to hear more in a moment. A remarkable gentleman is in my studio, Siaka Masakwa, first generation African American. I, you have no idea uh, how ambivalent I am about even noting that because I. I only divide the world between the decent and the indecent, <laughs> not between races Good. Or, or, or anything else. 
but it's relevant to our story. Yes. So, so, yes. so be it. He's an actor and political activist. Out of nowhere, is that correct? Out of nowhere? Yeah. You, yes? Yeah, out of nowhere. And when, what was the date of this arrest? Uh, November 30th. So just now? Just now, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago today. Coming off a, a flight at the Burbank Airport on the tarmac, because Burbank is a smaller airport, mm-hmm. and often you just walk down steps to the tarmac and then go into the terminal. Uh, FBI agents handcuffed him and arrested him. Mm-hmm. At what point did you understand why they did this? So when we were, when they initially grabbed me and they were saying you're under arrest and I was saying for what, and I wouldn't really move any further until they said why. And one guy who was, again, all the agents overall, they were pretty relaxed, but this one guy was a little kind of charged up. And I said to him, look guys, I'm not gonna do anything, but I'm upset, I'm pissed. This is crazy. I can be mad, you know, but what's going on? He goes, you know what it's, go- it's about. I go, no, you tell me what's about. He goes, for, for J6. I go, I didn't do anything on J6. The next guy over goes, don't talk about that. I go, he brought it up. <laughs> so I'm like, no, 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 we're going to have this out right here. And then they were like, look, man, we're trying to just, it, it's an arrest. It's going to happen. Let's just make it cool about it. I'm like, no, I understand. There's four agents with guns there's four cops with guns i'm not a crazy person i got a, a wife and there a were eight people arresting you yeah yeah because I'm, I'm four crazy cops person. and four fbi agents yep so i just want to note for all those of you who do not live in the los angeles area as i do that <laughs> the amount of of robberies of stores is unprecedented in the history of of Los Angeles or almost any other city in the United States. Mm-hmm. And the cops are picking up a guy who was in the Capitol for 71 seconds. Uh, now, wait, let me let me make clear. January 6th, 2021. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, we're practically in January, uh, we're, we're practically at the uh, three-year anniversary. So right. three years ago, you were in the Capitol for 71 seconds and are arrested three years later at the Burbank airport. Yes. By, by, by four cops and four FBI agents. Yes. It's really good to know that FBI agents are, are really combating serious crime in America. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and here's the serious thing, crime about it. I didn't find out until I got, you know, to the jail where I was supposed to spend the night before my, uh, hearing the next day when we got to the jail and they finally gave me the arrest warrant. It had, not one, two, or three. Have four misdemeanors. No felonies. Four misdemeanors. In the history of yeah. the FBI, this is an, uh, it's not a lament. It's a question. Did they ever use FBI agents to arrest people for misdemeanors? Not until the January 6th people, no. And actually, I talked to... Do you, do you know that for a fact? Yes, I actually talked to a, um, a FBI whistleblower. His name's Steve Friend. He was one of the ones that spoke in Congress about what they're diverting their attention to at the FBI. And he told me personally, he's saying, at the FBI, we're told that misdemeanors aren't anything we even look at. If anyone comes to you and says there's a misdemeanor, we just... I mean, jaywalking is a misdemeanor, correct? Parking I'm, tickets. Yeah, parking yeah. tickets. Okay, yeah. fine. Yeah. So the 
the left-wing Democratic Party, which is redundant. <laughs> no, I'm not, it's not no. a cute line. It's important for people to understand yeah. that it's not a liberal party. It's yeah. left-wing. It's a left-wing. They have done something with the FBI and, and with the Department of Justice that is unprecedented in America. This is my biggest worry, the politicization of the, of the state against its own citizens. Oh, yeah. What did you do for 71 seconds, and is it visible? Is there yes. a video of yes. you? Yes, there is. I took, up, I took my own video, and there's also a video that I posted on X, formerly known as Twitter, um, on there where it showed what I did. And, and I, I can walk through it with you guys, too. Is you know, Number one, it was an hour after everything happened. Part of the reason why it was an hour was because I, we were at you know by the Washington Monument for the speech, and we stayed, me, a friend of mine and I, we stayed at the JW Marriott, which was about a 20-plus minute walk from where we were. Part of the crowd, we walked over there, and I'm like, I've been to rallies. Part of the Beverly Hills rally started back in June of 2020. I was kind of over the rally thing. So I went there for the speech, and then we went back to the hotel. Went back to the hotel. I'm hanging out in there and warming up, and then turn on the TV because I'm like, let's see what the news is saying. My biggest mistake was turning on MSNBC, the top of the propaganda machine. So I turn it on. There's a woman there. She's saying, well, you know, it's, it's such a dark day and there's, there was shots fired and there's blood on the ground and the people here. I'm like, she's lying. So I'm, I get indignant. I'm, like, I'm going to put my shoes on, go find that camera crew and stand behind them and be that crazy person behind their camera crew on the news and be like, they're lying. They're liars. That's, that's why I went to the Capitol. I didn't go to the Capitol because Trump said anything because I was done. I was cold and went home. From where we were to JW to the Capitol building is a 30-minute walk. So about, and as it says in articles, about an hour after anything happened, mind you, I haven't seen anything. I haven't heard anything about storming. All the Trump, anything I've been a part of has not been violence brought on by the Trump people. It's been usually Antifa coming in. And so I'm going up there, and everyone's relaxed. Everyone's calm. Uh, I bump into a friend of mine that I knew from the Beverly Hills rally, and then we get interviewed real quick. We ended up uh, the American flag was on the scaffold. We start singing. Somebody starts singing the national anthem, and the whole crowd starts singing. It was a. It was at up to this point what I have experienced at Trump rallies, which was nothing but joy, uh, uh, patriotic. You know, people. You felt safe. So then I walk up the scaffold, and that's when I first started smelling a little bit of pepper spray. Like, oh, it must have got real here. That's what I thought. I get up the scaffold, and now I'm by the steps that lead right up to the front. And when I'm by the steps, I see two things in two different times that really stuck out. I saw men, and I've said this before, and there's reason, and thank you again for having me on because I want to be consistent so that everything, people can go back and hear the same thing because it's exactly what happened. I saw men grab other men and scream, let's go, and try to push them forward, which isn't what men do. A man goes, follow me. They don't say, hey, Dennis, you go for it and I'll, I'll be there when, you know, it looks good. No, they were screaming that and it stuck out because here at Beverly Hills, a, a couple weeks we had Antifa there and one kid there I used to call coward because he was trying to start trouble. But at the second, the third week, the police had built, you know, uh, partitions. Antifa comes rolling in. Our side gets against the fence. They start screaming. But I see the, the Antifa kids that I saw weeks earlier dressed in in MAGA and America stuff, standing on our side screaming. Do you recognize them oh, as yeah. Antifa Oh, kids? yeah, because they were there All right. two weeks earlier. Back in a moment, just arrested three years later on misdemeanor charges. 
Siaka Masakwa. I'll spell it when we get back. <laughs> One warm December, our hearts will see a world where men are free. Someday at Christmas there'll be no war When we have learned what Christmas is for When we have So I'm speaking to a man who was in the Capitol on January 6th for 71 seconds, has a video of himself. Did you hit any police officers? Did oh, you no. wallop anybody? Oh, God, no. Did no. you call for an insurrection? No, no, not What did you do for 71 seconds? I, I was standing there. I actually asked one of the officers who, there were a few officers blocking the doorway to go any further. So I'm standing there reaching out. I just swiped my phone around to record just to see, to capture the moment. One officer over on my left, I go, hey, because the rumors were out there. I go, hey, I heard they they they're, they got to Nancy Pelosi's desk. Is that true? He goes, I don't know. I go, okay. And I turn around, looking around. Then a, a cop in riot gear comes up to the group. He's like, I need you guys to go that way now. Okay, sir. Hey, look, we're being reasonable. We're going to get this taken care of. I turn around. Hey, guys, we're going the other way. Let's go back the other way. So everyone in that, that little doorway after getting the directive from an officer, not only do I personally follow it, I then tell these other people who I don't know, hey, go out the other way, guys. And everyone's turned around. We start walking out. And, you know, I just I take a couple. I go around. Once I walk out, I go to the window. Now, looking back at it, is the window, an area where it was a big issue that they kept showing over and over on the uh, on the video of where people broke in. And I'm recording the windows and I'm like, man, look, at they put the sign, the stickers up. And there was a there was a cop there who had his gas mask with no helmet, and I saw him get hit in the head with a canister somebody threw back. And I asked him, I go, "Hey man, I saw you get hit in the head. That wasn't cool. Are you okay?" He's like, he's like, he kind of shrugs it off, and you know, I I heard there's a, a curfew. Who's going to be enforcing that? And he kind of shrugs, and I crack a joke. I'm like, "Well, you're done for the day, right? So you're going to go home." He, he just kind of shrugs. I walk back around. I. You know, see a couple friends that I knew from Beverly Hills. So I take a picture, do a selfie. I walk, keep walking around, see another guy trying to push other men to go forward. Just thought that again, that was weird. And I walked away, walked back to the hotel. That was it. Well, you're not charged with any violence no. or, or fomenting violence or anything the like. You're, no. you, you, you paraded and you trespassed. That, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what they said. Knowingly trespassed. Uh, uh, that's right. important. Knowingly trespassed. Yeah. By the way, that is an interesting question. Was it knowingly? No. No. I was, to me, just like the time before, I'm walking around the Capitol and I'm walking around D.C. much like we had at the the previous uh, uh, MAGA rally I went to. It was just people walking in the streets. It felt like an American rally, like a pro-American rally. That's what it felt like this time around. It didn't feel like, oh, don't go over here to this grass. Don't go even come close. Not at all. People were just meandering around as if people selling T-shirts a block away. That's the feeling and that's the energy of what was going on, at least from my perspective. What the people saw on TV and all that, I, I didn't see. Why do you think after. the government hid tens of thousands of hours of video? Well, because you can't tell a story that calls MAGA and Trump crazy. You can't then uh, turn around and say, these are the terrorists that we need to stop. You can't have that story out there. If they don't have that story, then they don't. They're not allowed to move in in this political persecutive type of way. They're not. 
You mean because the, the video undermines the story? Of course. When they're when they're walking in the the QAnon shaman, and they're and he's thanking them later in prayer and everything. Mm-hmm. How does that change? That changes the story of it's the worst attack since nine eleven, where three plus thousand people died, where people jumped out of windows because the heat was too much. Over here, they've had this guy plastered up as as if he is the he is the crux of everything wrong with America, and he was walked in. He was ushered around as if he was given a tour. I know. I've seen that. So they have to have this this way because we're the deplorables, right, as Hillary said. Why do you think the Republicans didn't release all of these thousands of hours? You know, I, I my only speculation on why people wouldn't do stand up and do the right things, and I won't say Republicans as a whole, but those that have the ability to, part of it is a political will, and then part of it begs to ask the question, are you part of the setup? Because people were entrapped. Americans were entrapped by law enforcement that day. How, do you, know, the, how do you know that? The, I've seen the videos. I've seen the videos undercover and what officers. what have you seen? I've seen undercover officers with body cam walking with other undercover officers, checking in, you okay? Then also telling people, move forward, go up the scaffold, get closer, get closer. And then they turn and they leave. Mm-hmm. So they're telling the three of us, go, go, be, you know, go out there. And as soon as we get out there, they you, disappear. Do you have any thoughts on how the, the doors got opened? Um, I think part of the doors, some of the videos are true. They broke them down. Some of the, the kind of older doors. I mean the but giant doors. Giant doors. Either we've seen the footage of Capitol Police either opening them themselves or, as we see one infamous video, the person walks in messes with the door then looks back at the camera and points down at the door and now the door's open so that's coming from security at level i didn't see that one. Oh that's, man it's it's fairly dispositive oh, oh <laughs> I, and i'm sitting here like again this is not me wanting it to be real this is me looking at it and going when you look back at the camera and you point down to the to the, the security door what else is that of course and then going come on in guys like it's disneyland like no they set people up. They set up our own citizens, our did, government. Did you have any sense that the officers or the FBI agents were embarrassed by their own being called to do this on a misdemeanor? Um, one of the guys, yeah, I, I felt like he, because he used to be a police officer, and so we were talking as I'm ranting in the car heading down to uh, to jail. I started talking about God. Right, and I start, and and we're in the lockup, and and I'm sitting there waiting as they're processing me. I'm like, I go, hey, are you guys uh, religious? The woman says no. The guy says I'm a Catholic. I go, oh yeah. So have you read the Bible, or are you like other Catholics? <laughs> and he goes, oh come on. And he tells me, I'm like, have you read it? He's like, no. We talk a little bit about God. I'm telling him I've seen God save my life, and He's real. The next morning, when they're coming to get me, and I actually got a Bible that night, fell asleep with it while reading the Bible, still in the Old Testament. And um, as he was coming, as I'm walking up, I saw him going from looking me right in the eyes to he couldn't really look me in the eyes anymore. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is not cool. So I definitely saw something like that start to happen with these guys. (coughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do with that one, Sean? (laughs) We got all fixed in post. Did. This is this is uh, you know Hollywood. That's how it works. In a re- literal sense, it's choking me up. It, it is such a terrible time in America. It's unprecedented. We'll be back in a moment. 
Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525.